Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, that it's always true. It's always on time. God, it's always so powerful. It actually changes who we are on the inside, Father. Thank you for loving us so much and giving us words of encouragement. Father, thank you for your son, Jesus, as we see what, what he's done for us in, in, in every area of Scripture. Uh, we thank you that he has completely redeemed us, bought us back. Father, thank you for the people that you have here appointed at this time, that they would receive this message that you have, Father, and that they would walk out of here completely different than had, when they had walked in. Give them hope. In all things, in Jesus' name, let the church say, amen. All right, taking every thought captive. Taking every thought captive. Here, so here's something I want to tell you. We're going to show you this morning where rest begins. Anybody want to know where rest begins? Because let me tell you something. You could be sitting on a chair and, and not doing anything, but you're not resting, right? What's, what's working? Your mind. Your mind and mind and mind just goes to work, goes to work, goes to work, right? You're trying to rest and you just can't. How many guys go to sleep and not wake up? Wake this happened to me. You wake up in the middle of the night, and all of a sudden, all the stuff starts coming in that you got to do, right? You're like, dang, it's 2 o'clock, man. Can't I just do this tomorrow morning, <laughs> right? And, and you just start going on and on and on, and all that stuff goes. So your mind is working, working, working. So that's why we have this verse, taking every thought captive. And uh, this is going to be more of a, um, a, a Bible Psych 101, if you will. Amen. Anybody want to know how you have the power to be able to control those thoughts? And even in the moment, even in the moment that you're in, you can still control those thoughts. It's just part of growing in who you are. It's your sanctification process. We all have this ability, and it's been given to us by Christ. All right, so let's go right into it. Uh, this is where the battlefield takes place. You guys have heard this verse before, I'm sure. But uh, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Pulling down strongholds. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity. Say thought. Every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now, if you look at this verse, um, you can, there's a lot of people that preach it because they believe it says to obey Christ. Have you heard that before? That's not what it says. You don't bring every thought to obey Christ. You can't. That, 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 that's the law. It says to the obedience of Christ. Now, where was Christ obedient? On the cross. So our weapon, listen, our weapon is not, is not, uh, is not carnal, but mighty in God. Our weapon is to remind ourselves what Christ did on the cross. That's our weapon. Okay? You can't fight it. You can't fight whatever you're going through with, uh, with human stuff. It's by faith. You got to know what Christ did on the cross. You got to know that. Because the enemy, like I said, he likes to get in here. And he likes to say, hey, you don't deserve it. You can't, you, you don't qualify for it. For all the blessings, right? So our weapon, our warfare is right here in the mind. But our weapon is knowing what Christ did on the cross. Amen? You see that? <laughs> Look at 3 John uh, 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Say all things. <laughs> and be in health just as your soul prospers. And people say, hey, man. You one of them prosperity preachers? Nope. I'm a Bible preacher. I preach what I read. What does that say? I mean, this is the Holy Spirit telling you, I wish above all things 
Above all things. Think about that. What does above all things mean? All things, right? It's not that hard in the Greek. All in Greek means all. <laughs> and that you be in health. But check this out. And I like the King James Version. It says, even as your soul prospers. Like I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. Even as your soul. As your soul is prospering, so will you. So will your health. Right. But what is a soul? Anybody know what a soul is? We got to know that because it says it says that that he wishes that we prosper in all things and be in health, even as our soul prospers. So we got to find out. We got to find out what our soul is. Our soul is our mind, our will and our emotions. That's our soul, mind, will and emotions. Everybody got those? (laughs) Some are very strong in the emotion side. Some are very strong on the will side. <laughs> How many know this truth? Emotions always follow your thinking. You can tell what you're thinking by your emotions. Whatever you're, you're looking at, whatever you're reading, if somebody's in your face, right? You can tell what's going on in your mind based on your emotions. So whenever you get emotional, I used to think, man, I'm, I'm, sometimes I'm emotional. Well, it's not really that I'm emotional. It's what I'm thinking. It's, it's deeper than that, right? So from a counseling standpoint, you want to you peel back the onion and go deeper. Why are people being so emotional about certain things? Instead of asking that, say, what are they thinking? What are they taking in? What are they receiving? Amen? Because how many of you guys can get really emotional really quick? It comes from a thought. So don't ask yourself, why am I acting this way? Why am I struggling with this emotion? What are you thinking? That's where you need That's where you need to start. Amen? All right, let's keep going. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 and 34. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added, right, to you. Have you guys heard that verse before? Okay. Do you know what comes after that verse? If somebody were to ask you that. It says, therefore... What I tell you, whenever you see a therefore, find out why it's therefore. Therefore is therefore there because of the previous verse. How do we seek first the kingdom of God? Look what he says. This is it. Therefore, because of that previous verse, therefore do not worry about tomorrow. That's how you seek the kingdom of God first. You don't worry about tomorrow. You can't control tomorrow. You can control today. And listen, when I say control, I mean yourself. You can't control the things that happen. You can't control the things that that people do or say about you. You can't control any of that. But what you can control is the way you view it. That, That you can do. So, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Guys, like, you worry about trouble tomorrow, there's trouble today. But you know what? In that trouble today... I'm here for you. I'm with you. Don't worry about tomorrow. I'm going to provide everything you need. If if God is for you, do you think he's going to make you lack? He's not. He doesn't make you lack. It's our faith. Like like it's an open heaven. Like God is blessing, blessing, blessing. But, But it's our faith that thinks we don't qualify for it. We don't go for it. It's yours. It's yours. It's because of what Christ did. He gave that blessing to you. So 
right before this is verse 31. Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Listen, God's saying, don't worry about that stuff. Don't, don't think about it. And how do you take a thought? How do you, take, how do you make a thought happen? You ever thought about that? By saying it. Take no thought by saying it. If you say, man, you're thinking in your head, my chest is getting congested. I think I'm getting sick. You just put that thought into action. And that's a death thought. Your mind, your tongue has the power to speak life or death over yourself. If you say, hey, man, I got bills coming up next month, and I don't know how I'm going to be able to pay them. Guess what? You just took a thought by saying it. So don't speak that stuff out. He's saying don't, don't, don't take no thought saying those things. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Man, instead speak God's language. He's my shepherd. I shall not lack. He's already gone before me. He knows this before I knew it was going to happen. And guess what? He's seen me out of it. He's my hope. He's my refuge. And now you're speaking out faith. Amen? So take no thought saying and worrying what's going to happen. Don't take a thought by saying it. You know, the devil is not God. He's not omnipresent. He can't tell what you're thinking, but he can hear what you say. He can hear what you say. How about this? You don't let him hear that stuff, man. Don't let him see it on your face. You know how your emotions, you can tell like your emotions. You can tell by what somebody's thinking by their emotions. Remember we talked about that? Like when, when my wife gives me this, I'm like, dang. <laughs> right? Or, or she says, did you call so-and-so? And I'm like, no. And then she goes, I'm like, well, guess what? You know what Satan sees? He sees this. He sees that. And, and he sees you without hope. He sees you without faith. And that's when he comes into attack. But what if you said this? No, woman. No, no, no not that. Not that. Not that. <laughs> not that. But, but, but I, uh, Look at Numbers 11, 9. And when the dew fell on the camp in the night, the manna fell on it. You know what manna is? It's God's grace. It's his provision. And, and when Jesus said, hey, man, don't worry about tomorrow. Worry about today. He is, his grace is sufficient for the day. And this is daily manna. They got it every day. It wasn't weekly manna. It wasn't monthly manna. It was daily manna. God gives his grace every single morning. When the dew hit the ground in the morning, his grace came. And you know what? They didn't have to go search for it. It came to their tent window. Isn't that beautiful? And the Bible says it was like little Debbie cakes, right? We said that before. Like little oatmeal pies just falling out. You get to eat as much as you want. His grace is new each and every morning. His favor is new each and every morning. Say that. His favor is new each and every morning. And now you're speaking out life. Now you're speaking out God's words that he wants you to speak. He doesn't want you speaking out fear and doubt. He wants you speaking out hope and confidence.
and who he is. He's always on time, church. Always on time. My wife was praying for a godly man, and then bam! And she said, God is always on time. Hallelujah. Thank you for this man. He's so handsome. Are you recording, Jerry, or just taking pictures? It's a joke. Kind of. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? How many people really believe that? Because if you think about why this, this scripture is here, in the old covenant, when, when, when they had the real temple there, right? Oh, not the real temple, but the temple there, right? And, and there were three sections to it. You had the outer court, the inner court, and then the holy of holies, right? The outer court, they're out there doing the things to the animals. Super busy. Tons of people running around, right? Inner court, you got the, 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 uh, the, the table of showbread, right? And you got the, um, the menorah. You got all that stuff in the inner uh, chamber, or in that chamber, but then you had the Holy of Holies, and why everybody's so busy out there, guess where it's the most quiet and peaceful? In the Holy of Holies. And who's in there? That's the presence of God, right? So even though it's so crazy on the outside, there's peace in the Holy of Holies, in that inner circle, in that, in that, in that inner place of the temple. Well, guess what? We don't have that temple anymore. The temple is in you. God is in you, and therefore there should be peace inside. Even though stuff can be crazy outside, there's peace in you. You know why? Because the presence of God is in you. You are the temple. And now we start speaking stuff like that. But how many of you guys have been in a crazy, chaotic situation? I ain't talking about Disney. Just, just, just like, you're like, is this earth? <laughs> what is happening, right? Well, instead of speaking that out, what you do is say, thank you, Father, for your peace. Your perfect peace. You can have that perfect peace in the midst of chaos because the temple is you and the perfect peaceful one lives in you. Isn't that beautiful to think about? Next time there's complete chaos. Morality verse, versus basic uh, verse. <laughs> Whew. Morality versus versus faith verses. <laughs> wow. So look at the difference. I, in churches today, do you know that they, they want you to remember more morality verses? They teach morality verses. They teach you the law. They teach you uh, you shouldn't drink. They, you shouldn't smoke. You shouldn't, you shouldn't eat potato chips, you, whatever, right? They just, start, they, start, they just start teaching you all these verses, man. But don't you believe that we should be learning more verses about peace and faith? Because that's, that's, those, are our, that, those are our weapons of warfare, Right? Morality, I can, I can have you guys teach our kids all these morality verses, but they don't work because no one can ever keep them. And then when you can't keep them, you get tired of trying and you just walk away. Isn't that the truth? Well, I believe we should learn verses like this. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. Do you trust the Lord? You want perfect peace in a chaotic situation? Rest. Look at God and speak, the, speak God's language of faith and you'll see it. You'll have hope. That's all people want is hope. They just want to know there's a chance that something good's going to happen. And I'm telling you with Christ, there's always a good chance that God's going to be there right when you need him and give you everything you need. That chance for us is called victory. 
It's not a 50-50 chance, not a 30-70 a, a chance. It is complete victory over whatever you're going through. Why? Because your mind is stayed on him. And you will have perfect peace. Not just peace, perfect peace. Look at this verse. For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. So we know what our warfare weapon is. Now we see quietness and confidence are actually our strength. Being quiet, what's that mean? That means resting, receiving from the Lord, hearing the Lord. But when your mind is all chaotic, you can't hear clearly. Isn't that true? That's a human nature fact. I'm watching a football game yesterday. Kelly's talking to me. I don't even know she's talking to me. And then she's getting, her voice is changing. The inflection of her voice changes. And then I'm like, are you talking to me? And I'm like. <laughs> but isn't it true? It, 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 it's crazy how we can't hear the Lord because our mind is completely going, 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 going. And he's saying, man, in quietness and confidence, this but you would not is talking about Israel in the old time, right? But that truth is still yours today. Quietness and confidence. Confidence. Confidence in you? No, the Lord. Confidence in your Father. That's your strength. How many of you guys have that as a strength? That you know God's going to work it out. You know God's for you. You know that God will not let you go without. Because he loves you. That's confidence. Don't have confidence in me. You're like, I don't. But listen. The point is, don't have confidence in, in other people. Put your confidence in the Father. Because he's the only one that can do it. I can help you as much as I want. But not like he can. Ezekiel. And it shall be whenever they enter the gates of the inner court. Going back to the temple, right? Talking about the priest. Uh, that they shall put on linen garments. No wool shall come upon them while they minister within the gates of the inner court or within the house. Why linen and not wool? Why would it specifically say that? Well, it goes on to tell you. They shall have linen turbans on their heads. Linen trousers on their bodies. They shall not clothe themselves with anything that causes sweat. That's interesting. Why does God not want the priest sweating? Sweating is a sign of work. Sweating is not resting. Sweating is a curse that God gave in the garden. And he didn't want them sweating, so he said, wear linen. Where's the first place that tells them to put the linen? On their head, covering what? Their mind. And in other words, God's saying, hey, keep your mind at rest. Don't work. Don't sweat. The title of the message was going to be Don't Sweat It, but, you know, when I thought when people were looking online, that would not be a, something that would draw their attention, so to speak. It shouldn't be about the people. I don't know why I didn't use it. So sweat, the curse of human effort. That's what it is. You want to see where it comes from? Genesis chapter 3. Then, then to Adam he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife <clears throat> and have eaten from the tree of which I command you, saying, 
you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake and toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. In other words, from now on, the good things in life will not come to you because I'm blessing you. You're going to have to earn them by your effort. Work is not cursed. <laughs> Don't come home and say, babe, work's cursed, so I'm not doing it. It's not what it's saying. Adam and Eve had work in the garden. That part's not. It's the good things that come out of that work that are now going to be based upon human effort. It's the human effort part that is the curse. Right? We basically gave the keys over to Satan. They had everything they could ever ask or think. Everything was done. God put, the Bible says God put man in the finished work. God put man in the garden after it was done. Right? And they gave it up. And so God now cursed the ground. Say ground. And now they are going to have to work, sweat for everything they, they get from the Lord. Right? Until Jesus came. Amen? And I'm going to show you that in just a second. Uh, look at Luke twenty two forty four. 44. In, in agony, being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground so we know that on the cross jesus redeemed us amen from our sin amen and on the whipping post when he was on the whipping post before the cross what happened christ was redeeming us from uh from death and sickness amen but even before that his blood was shed where in the garden it came from his tears and his blood hit the ground that god cursed and redeemed us from the curse of sweat. Amen? Isn't that beautiful? You know why his, his tears, it, the, the scientists tell you that, man, people can be so stressed out. Just to give you a vision of what was happening in the garden, right? He, he was in a garden. He was redeeming us from the curse that was in a former garden. That's not by coincidence, church. And so, so he's from that garden, he's in this garden, his blood is dripping on the ground, and now the ground is no longer cursed. Now you won't have to earn God's blessings. Now blessings will come to you freely because of his blood. And I love the fact, that, well, I don't love this fact, but the Bible's very distinct here, wouldn't you say? I mean, it's telling you. And, and, and so you have to be, you have to understand that when you get so stressed out that the that people will tell you your capillaries, they burst. And, and, you, and you actually start to sweat blood, tears, blood. Amen? Come out. That's why that happens. You get so stressed out. All right. So look at this. First Thessalonians 5, 8 says this. But let us who are of the day be sober, like be aware. Be, 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 uh, see what's going on, right? Putting on the breastplate of faith and love. And as a helmet, what, what does the helmet go over? Your head, your thoughts, your mind. As a helmet, the hope, say hope, hope of salvation. Hope in the Greek is LPs, a confident expectation of good. That's the mindset we have to have. That when stuff is so chaotic, instead of saying, instead of saying what we see, we speak from a place of victory. We speak with hope. 
We say, I, this place is crazy. What's going on is crazy. But I am confident. I have a confident expectation of good coming my way. Bible says God makes all things work together for my good. And now you're speaking faith. We got to expect good, guys, because we have that helmet of hope. That's what the helmet of hope is. It's not just hope. that I got, It's not worldly hope. I hope Jesus does this for me. I hope Jesus gets me out of this. That's not Bible hope. Bible hope is I know he's going to get me through this. And I will be better on the other side. Because that's what he does. That's who he is. Victory begins in your mind, church. In your mind. By taking those thoughts captive. By not speaking out death stuff. By speaking out, speaking out what you see. Speaking out by faith. Having a peace inside. Using God's language. I shall not lack. He's my shepherd. By his stripes I am healed. I have perfect peace. I have the mind of Christ. Now you start speaking that out. Guess what? Whatever you speak out is what's coming from here. It's what you believe by faith. Look at this in John 19. Uh, I want to show you something else about the blood, right? And the soldiers twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put it on him in a purple robe. And they said, Hail, King of the Jews! And they struck him with their hands. Another person said, with their rods. So he's got this crown of thorns on his head. And they're beating him. What do you think those thorns are doing, church? I mean, you see pictures in the movies and stuff of, of people interpreting this. And he's just got blood running down from around here. Right? We're talking about the mind. We're talking about thoughts. What is, do you know the Bible actually tells you what a thorn is? It's found in uh, Luke 8. A, this is Jesus telling this parable. A sower went out to sow a seed. And as he sowed, some fell on by the wayside and it was trampled down. And the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock. And as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. Thorns choked it. So look, let's... Oh, one more verse. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But you drop down a couple verses, and then he explains this parable, because they were having a hard time getting it. <laughs> now the parable is this. The seed is the what? The seed's the word of God. Okay? Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts. In other words, you hear a good message, but then as soon as you walk out that door, Satan says you don't qualify. That's that one. Right? Alright? Um, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these uh, have no root, though, who believe for a while, and in time, temptation, they, they fall away. Right? They come, they hear, they receive it, but just in time, they just fall away because they get back into the world and they forget who they are. I, I was one of those guys that forgot who I was. Anybody else? Yeah, I'm not banging on them. Look at this. This is money right, right here. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, they go out and are choked with what? Cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. So thorns are a picture of cares right cares worries 
And when Jesus put that crown of thorns on, you got to understand, everything Jesus did had a purpose. Those soldiers didn't just put a crown on to mock them. That was fulfilling something. And he was redeeming us from something. Because anywhere you see Christ shedding blood, he's redeeming us. So when he wore the crown of thorns and they're beating him and he's got blood coming down, he is, he is redeeming us from something. And that is the cares of this world. Don't worry about tomorrow. I got you. That's what he's saying. Amen? And doesn't he have you? You are here every day. Every day you wake up, he's got you. And don't drive around in fear like I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Uh, my son went to Tampa last night. He's 17 years old. And in first my, my mind, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm like begging God, keep him safe, keep him safe, Lord, keep him safe. Man, instead, I, I figured out he's going to be okay. You know why? Because he's yours. He's yours. You love him. You're for him. You'll protect him. You will protect him. I can't protect him. He can't protect himself. Only you can do that, Father. And thank you for doing it. Proverbs 23 says, For as a man, for as he thinks in his heart, so he is. As you think in your heart, remember thoughts. As you think in your heart, that's who you are. If you think God's not there for you, guess what? You're going to walk that out. If you think God's there for you, you're going to walk that out. As you think in your heart, that's who you are. You can tell somebody by the way they, by the way, remember, by the way they say their thoughts, you can tell who they are. This is the verse that we should say every single morning. Every single, write it on in lipstick, unless you're a single dude, that'd be weird. <laughs> Sorry, Jay. Write, write, write it on your bathroom mirror. <laughs> this is the day. This is the day. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Every morning you wake up, you say, thank you, Lord. This is the day you made. You made it for me. You made it for me. And I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to walk in it all day long because you made it. If God made the day, do you think he's got death and destruction coming your way? Well, if he wants to, I mean, he's God. You know, he might call me home. No, God said, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. Don't forget that. Be in health. Say that. Thank you, Father, that I have health today. Thank you, Father, that I can walk all day long rejoicing because you've gone before me. When a shepherd goes before the sheep in a valley, he doesn't let the sheep go first to see what happens. He goes first. And he he. He prepares the way, and then he looks back, and they come to him. You know why? The sheep know him. Do you know Jesus? Do you know your shepherd? Do you know he's for you? And you can walk through that valley. But here's what we do. We get in that valley, we see Jesus, and we, then we start to we hear a noise, and we're like. And we take our eyes off him. But if you want to be in perfect peace, the Bible says keep your eyes on him. Amen? All right, we're almost done. What are thorns? Anybody know what a thorn is? All right, we know what they are, right? They poke us, right? A thorn is a, is a leaf. It starts out as a leaf, but it tangles itself up because it's striving for water. It gets dried up and becomes hard. Like a rose thorn, right? The, the rose needs all the water, and it's beautiful. But the thorns on it used to be leaves, but they, but they, had, to, they had to dry themselves up because the, the rose was taking all the water. So it's a dried up leaf, a sharp one, right? So look at this. 
This is very interesting. Ephesians 5, right? If, if, you, if you got thorns in your life, you got cares of this world that Jesus redeemed us from, right? Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word. You want to get rid of a thorn in your life? You want to get rid of a care in your life that you're worried about? Get washed by the word. Listen to the word. Read the word. If you're sick, read verses on healing. Read all the times Jesus healed somebody. Build your faith. If you're worried about provision, read all the times Jesus showed up and gave. And it builds your faith. That's washing by the water of the word. Amen? Not by what you think the word says. Not by what other people say. But by what the actual word says. Amen? Praise God. All right, almost done. Last verse, Mark 15, 22. And they brought him to a place called, what's that place called? Golgotha, which is translated place of the skull. The word there is actually, uh, is, is Calvary, but it's also the word used for cranium. What is housed in your cranium? Your brain, your mind. It's in your cranium. Is it any coincidence? Now look. The whole Bible is written by the Holy Spirit, amen? But whenever you see which is translated, the Holy Spirit translated this for you and wanted you to see it. He doesn't do that to every word in the Bible, does he? But in this particular verse, the Holy Spirit says which is translated. That's interesting because I don't have to show you a picture of what the word means. But in this one spot, he says which is translated, place of the skull. Jesus was crucified on top of the place of the skull. What does that mean? That means when Christ died, he literally conquered and gave you the ability to think godly thoughts. His blood was shed down that mountain, and I'm telling you right now that all that blood, as he carried his own cross up, he was whipped, remember? And there's, there's a blood trail all the way up that mountain. And let me tell you something, when he died on that mountain, he was doing so to redeem your mind from stinking thinking. To give us hope. There's a reason he was crucified on the place of a skull. Calvary. There's a reason why the, the root word of that is cranium where your brain is housed. There's a message there for us. Think godly thoughts. Speak by faith. Watch God move mountains on your behalf. Right, is your faith being built right now? I, I'm about to run through a wall. I feel like I can take a hand off and run right through the gator defense in the A-gap and crush them. You don't want that. <laughs> I bet you met a lot of people that thought that, that right? And you're like, okay, let's see it. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Oh, wait. Oh, man. John 14, 27. This is very important, guys. It's just another verse to put in your pocket and use. Don't put it in your pocket. Put it in your mouth. Amen? Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Let not, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. This is, this is for you. God can take care of your finances. He can take care of your health. He can take care of your future, your kids, your family members, your, your workplace, your work environment. But here's one thing he wants you to do. 
let not your heart. He cannot let not your heart be afraid for you. You have to do it. You have to say, I'm going to guard my heart. God doesn't say guard everything else. He's like, I got that. You guard your heart. You guard your heart. For I have a heart is the way man thinks, the way he says, guard your heart. Speak life over yourself. Speak life over your family. Speak hope. Victory starts in your mind, church. Start, start having that victorious mindset. And we're not defeated Christians. We're never defeated. We've got Christ. He's for us. Christ ain't dead. He's alive. What's that mean? The church is alive. Praise the Lord. Stand up, church. Stand up. Hey, stand up and give him the praise. Stand up and, and show him how thankful you are. Out of your heart, so a man clap it. I spit on you. <laughs> yes. I'm telling you, man, there's a lot of churches that don't preach like that. There's a lot of churches that don't have a, a that, 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 that are blessed with a Pastor Dwayne, right? Who sings those songs of faith and hope over you. And, and pastors that will preach that message, sow that seed into you. I, I didn't used to be that guy, man. But I'm so thankful that, 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 that we have, our eyes have been opened up and we've been set free. Now, don't hold that message in. Take it out there and share it with people. Let them know what Christ has done for them. Hey, we're not trying to be blessed. We are blessed. Amen? That's who we are. Listen, if you... Woo, I'm, I'm going through puberty. <laughs> I'm going to ask Pastor D to come up. Um... If you don't know who Jesus is, I, 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 I just want you to, to repeat after me and I'll have, the, I'll have our whole church family bow their heads. Just keep your, your heads bowed, your eyes closed. Uh, <clears throat> everybody just repeat after me. If you don't know who Jesus is, you, you repeat after me and, uh, and I want to give you some encouragement. Amen? Just repeat after me. Father, I thank you for your son Jesus. I thank you for your love for me. And Father, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I believe, Father, that you raised him from the dead. That he is alive today, seated at your right hand. Thank you for saving me, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, keep your heads uh, bowed and your eyes closed, church. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, we just lift up your hand so we can celebrate with you. If you are in a, in a time of, of your life where maybe you uh, have lost hope, you've lost the, the sight of Jesus, right? We're keeping our eyes on Jesus to find perfect peace. If you need help with that, I just want you to know that Pastor Dwayne and I are here to pray with you. Uh, we will be right down here at the front. And uh, all you got to do is come up and just say, hey, will you pray over me? It happened last week. Someone came up and asked if I would pray over them. And, and we did. We anointed. Uh, we, we love that because we've seen the power in that. Uh, if that's you and you've got some kind of concern coming up, I'm here to tell you we're going to speak life into you. We're going to remind you who you are. And more importantly, we're going to remind you who Jesus is in your life. Amen. If you're looking for a church, this is who we are. This is what we believe. This is what we do. Uh, God has given us beautiful uh, people within this church. Uh, 
he's, he's given us a beautiful vision for where he wants this to go. Because how many of you guys know that God wants everybody to hear this message? Amen. The message of hope. That there is hope for people. Uh, if you're looking for a new church or you want more information, we have, uh, we have these, um, these sheets down here that you can fill out just so we can have a record of who you are um, and be able to reach out to you. The way we end our service, uh, it kind of changes and fluctuates. There's some things we're going to be doing in the future where we, uh, we give people an opportunity to come down and, uh, and receive and come down and get prayed over. Uh, today, Pastor Dwayne is going to lead us out in prayer. Uh, I love when this man prays. He prays by faith. He prays the scripture over you. He doesn't pray what he thinks. He prays what the Bible says. Amen. And he knows what covenant he's under. So if you, if you ever had Dwayne, anybody ever had Pastor Dwayne pray over you before? And you walk away and you feel, let me tell you, it's not him. It's, it's what he, it's what the Lord has given him. It's what the Lord has opened his eyes to. He speaks truth over you. So I encourage you guys to receive it. How do we receive it, church? Amen. By saying amen. When you say amen, you are receiving that, that word. So I uh, encourage you to do so as he prays. Pastor. Amen. Let's pray, church. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that it did not fall on deaf ears, but God, you have given us ears to hear and hearts to receive your word today. God, we thank you for renewing our mind, strengthening our mind, Father. We thank you, Lord, for your desire for us, God, to grow in you and the knowledge of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. God, we thank you so much for just equipping us with your word, equipping us, Father, uh, just with the, the grace and the, the mercy and the, the remembrance, Father, of the scriptures, Father, that we are sent out into this world, Father, to make a difference, Father, to, to be the disciples of your son, Jesus Christ, to be more and more like him, which is what you're doing to us, Father, on the inside out. And we just thank you so much, Father, for what you're doing in and through our lives. And thank you for ordering our steps and allowing us to go into, into all of the world, Father, to preach this gospel, to share this good news, Father, so that others may be grafted into the, the family of God. And so, Father, we bless you. We thank you for, again, protecting our minds, guarding our minds, showing us how to do that practically and spiritually, God. So we just thank you again so that as we leave this place, Father, we take this word with us. We continue to meditate upon it and we continue to share it, Father, and we see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's in Jesus' name we pray for the church's sake. Amen. We are dismissed.